Hi, this is Ben Thompson, the author and founder of Stratechery. Welcome to the Stratechery Daily Update podcast, where I read you the daily update. You can also read the text of the daily update or find the links I reference by visiting the show notes in your podcast player. Now, here's today's daily update. This daily update about tech companies versus misinformation, tech tracking, and capability versus policy was published on Wednesday, March 18th, 2020. Good morning. I screwed up. On Monday, I linked to a paper about chloroquine. Well, there are in fact multiple papers and reports about its possible use as a prophylactic for SARS-CoV-2 and or treatment for COVID-19 and some early trials. It does appear that this paper in particular stole the name of Dr. Thomas R. Broker as author and is of uncertain provenance. In short, and rather ironically given recent posts, I may have aided in spreading misinformation. I apologize. On to the update. Tech companies versus misinformation. From Bloomberg. Facebook Inc., Alphabet Inc.'s Google, Microsoft Corp., Twitter Inc., and Reddit said they are teaming up to provide accurate information about the coronavirus and the COVID-19 illness it causes. Quote, We're helping millions of people stay connected while also jointly combating fraud and misinformation about the virus, elevating authoritative content on our platforms, and sharing critical updates in coordination with government healthcare agencies around the world. End quote according to a joint statement from the companies issued Monday. After reading some of your feedback from Defining Information, I think I might have been a bit too ambitious with some of the points I was trying to make, or, less generously, may have not thought them through well enough to explain them cogently. This bit of news, though, might be clarifying in that regard. Start with the idea that social media is very useful for surfacing information that would not otherwise be covered. Obviously, I've argued forcefully that this is a good thing, And in that light, a statement from leading platforms that, in conjunction with government agencies, they would prioritize policing misinformation is a big problem. The calculus changes, though, once you start considering the temporal nature of misinformation that I discussed yesterday. There is, particularly in a relative sense, much less fresh new information being surfaced on social media than there is misinformation, anecdotes, spin, etc. I still tend to be concerned about cracking down too much. But after thinking through the concepts I covered yesterday, I'm a bit less concerned than I might have been previously. Still, two notes of caution that are actually related. First, Zam Tufechi published a piece in the New York Times about how telling people they don't need masks backfired, which was backed up by former FDA Commissioner Scott Gottlieb on Twitter. Gottlieb has been an authoritative source of information on the coronavirus for weeks. Second, one of the reasons it backfired is because of the likelihood that the coronavirus spreads even from asymptomatic carriers. The WH, though, said in its China report that asymptomatic transmission was relatively rare. The point of this digression is not masks or the finer details of SARS-CoV-2 transmission. I have learned my lesson about not getting too far outside of my lane. Rather, the point is that the authorities, even, especially in the time of crisis, get stuff wrong, and having a platform to challenge conventional wisdom is valuable. Tech Tracking From the Washington Post The U.S. government is in active talks with Facebook, Google, and a wide array of tech companies and health experts about how they can use location data gleaned from Americans' phones to combat the novel coronavirus, including tracking whether people are keeping one another at safe distances to stem the outbreak. Public health experts are interested in the possibility that private sector companies could compile the data in anonymous, aggregated form, which they could then use to map the spread of the infection, according to three people familiar with the effort, who spoke on the condition of anonymity because the project is in its early stages. 
analyzing trends in smartphone owners' whereabouts could prove to be a powerful tool for health authorities looking to track coronavirus, which has infected more than 180,000 people globally. But it's also an approach that could leave some Americans uncomfortable, depending on how it's implemented, given the sensitivity when it comes to details of their daily whereabouts. Multiple sources stress that, if they proceed, they are not building a government database. The talks appear connected to a tech task force meeting on Sunday in Washington, D.C. The Wall Street Journal reported, The country's tech giants have joined with the White House in a task force to fight the new coronavirus as Silicon Valley escalates its efforts to tackle the fast-moving pandemic, according to people familiar with the group. The companies, including Facebook Inc., Alphabet Inc.'s Google Unit, Microsoft Corp., and Amazon.com Inc., on Sunday conducted a nearly hour-long meeting with White House officials, including Michael Kratzios, chief technology officer of the U.S., one of these people said. 45 people joined. Among the topics, how citizens could be diagnosed without visiting a doctor and how the companies could work with the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention on its top priorities, according to an agenda. That certainly sounds a bit less sinister. The Wall Street Journal further reported on Monday. Technology executives spent much of an hour-long call Sunday discussing ways to track hospital bed availability across the country using geolocation data, but also how the data could be aggregated so that personal information of cell phone users wouldn't be shared, according to people familiar with the call. It isn't clear which companies would handle that kind of tracking. Other companies have already deployed location tracking systems and other tech solutions to fight the pandemic, but many such efforts could run afoul of U.S. privacy laws. In China, telecommunications companies helped the government track and contact people who had traveled through Hubei province during the early days of the virus. Location data was funneled to China's National Health Commission and other agencies, allowing them to recreate the steps of virus carriers and people that they may have encountered and issue warnings via social media. It's worth pointing out this approach has not been limited to China or other authoritarian governments. Taiwan, which has been lauded for how it has handled the virus, although cases are now rising again because of returning travelers, has succeeded in part by relying on data, and yes, that includes tracking cell phones, from an article by Jason Wang at Stanford. Taiwan leveraged its national health insurance database and integrated it with its immigration and customs database to begin the creation of big data for analytics. It generated real-time alerts during a clinical visit based on travel history and clinical symptoms to aid case identification. It also used new technology, including QR code scanning and online reporting of travel history and health symptoms to classify travelers' infectious risks based on flight origin and travel history in the past 14 days. Persons with low risk, no travel to level 3 alert areas, were sent a health declaration border pass via SMS, short message service, messaging to their phones for faster immigration clearance. Those with higher risk, Recent travel to level 3 alert areas were quarantined at home and tracked through their mobile phone to ensure that they remained at home during the incubation period. The tracking was quite serious. For example, a foreigner was fined for going outside for a smoke, and a law was later passed allowing the government to disclose the name of quarantined violators. That's a pretty significant infringement on liberty and privacy, and yet life feels a lot more free for people living here than it currently does in the U.S. Capability versus Policy I say all this to acknowledge the potential of very real benefits to leveraging user data and location information, even as I express my very deep unease about what is being reported here. 
First, in the case of misinformation, the question is in what way tech companies leverage tools they have already built. It's a policy question, not a capability question. And naturally, it is easier to give in on questions of liberties when the government comes knocking. Building a particular capability, though, is a step change. Before, there were legitimate technical reasons to object, and now there are not. Apple's pushback against the FBI about encryption and cracking iPhones in the San Bernardino case is a good example of this. I wrote in Apple, the FBI, and Security. First off, complying with this order would be a burden. The degree of said burden will be the critical factor on which the court's decision will turn. Apple would need to design a new version of iOS, figure out a way to secure said version to ensure it doesn't become widely available, and develop an infrastructure to deal with the inevitable flood of requests from law enforcement agencies seeking similar assistance to the FBI. It's not simply an issue of unlocking an iPhone. It is far more complex and dangerous than that. Secondly, Apple's ability to resist government pressure in foreign countries, particularly China, will be severely compromised should Apple be forced to acquiesce in this case. The second part of that excerpt is what I am referring to in this case. Had Apple built the requested capability, cracking an iPhone would have shifted from a capability question to a policy question. Similarly, building a tool to track COVID-19 patients, I'm not entirely clear how this could work with aggregated anonymous data, could be repurposed, and demands to do so for other reasons would be harder to turn down. Second, as awful as the current situation is, it is a bit disconcerting, assuming the reporting is correct, that the request of tech companies appears to have gone so quickly to surveillance. I'm all for Google building a website, social network spreading content, and telemedicine. Indeed, I'd love to see regulatory limitations on these relax significantly, particularly now. And shouldn't we actually worry more about being able to test people in the first place? That is, though, a bit of an unfair question. Of course we need to test people as soon as possible, and at the same time, building new tech capabilities takes time. That is why the Taiwan example is actually quite pertinent. If active surveillance in combination with widespread testing results in being able to leave our houses and restart the economy, is it worth it? How long do we want to wait to decide? Are we willing to trust in policy over capability? The Daily Update is intended for a single recipient, but occasional forwarding is totally fine. If you'd like to order multiple subscriptions for your team with a group discount, please contact me directly. Thanks for being a subscriber and have a great day.